Welcome to episode 250 of the Outback Mind podcast. Uh, gee, amazing to think it's 250 episodes. Uh, really, really, uh, I need to say I'm proud of myself because I, I was like procrastinating for years um, about doing a podcast and um, uh, I finally took the plunge uh, uh, almost three years ago and we've got to 250 episodes. So, People listening, um, grateful for you being here, grateful for you being on the journey with me uh, and supporting the Outback Mind Foundation. Uh, and, you know, I guess you would have been able to pick up a lot from some of the amazing guests that we've had on that have, you know, gracefully um, and graciously given their time to be able to give their insights around life and how to get a bit better at life. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think... I've just been grateful to be able to learn from some of the amazing people that we've had on. But today, um, you know, Trevor Hendy's back with me. I think this might be the fourth or fifth time Trev's been on. We have pretty uh, deep, uh, meaningful conversations. So strap yourself in. This is going to be uh, no exception today. I don't know where it's going to go, but it will be a powerful chat. So um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for you listening in. I hope you get a lot from it. Um, uh, you may know that we just released a documentary recently called Healing Men's Minds, which is all about trying to raise um, uh, awareness uh, about men's health, but also to be able to help guys live a bit more consciously. Um, uh, so have a look at the trailer on the website uh, if you want to get us into your community or your club, your workplace, and uh, have, a, have a men's health session. Uh, please reach out. Best to do that uh, through email, which is supported at backmind.org.au. Appreciate your feedback on this chat today with Trevor. So, so please email me, let me know your thoughts. Love the feedback I've been getting from the podcast we've been doing recently. And uh, yeah, appreciate that. Uh, please like us on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn if you get a chance to. That'd be uh, be cool and uh, we need all the support we can get. So I appreciate that. All right. Enjoy and uh, yeah, experience something pretty special. Trev, welcome back, mate. Mate, thanks, Az. Um, so good to be with you, mate. And every time we speak, there's lots of things that happen in between it. So mm. really, really good to be back. You've been doing some amazing things. Um and so, yeah, mate, looking forward to a chat. You know it's 2.50, this one. I, I don't know whether you knew, but this is the big episode. You did say that, the, the <laughs> 2.50. The, the quarter, what is it? Not a quarter century, it's a quarter thousand. Quarter so. thousand, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so honoured to be your number 2.50, mate. That's it. We'll keep going. I reckon we'll hit a thousand in about 2028, 20, so we'll just keep chipping away. Hopefully I've still got something relevant to say back then. I might try and come back on. <laughs> yeah, you will have. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, you and I just had a chat um, how life sort of evolves and that type of thing. And both our dads are, you know, 90 or might have passed away this year. Your dad's 90 and you're going through a lot of the stuff, you know, with the decline, I guess. And, um, you know, how's it been on you personally? Yeah, mate, it's a really good question. I... Um I've been away running a retreat this last week on, on Lord Howe Island for Life Changer. And, um, you know, I bumped into a lot of my old friends on Lord Howe and the people on the retreat as well, and everyone says, how are you? How have you been? You know, and that just standard question. And, of course, I'm all about not just saying good. I'm all about, well, I paused for a moment and work out how <laughs> I've actually been, you know. And it's really showed me how, I suppose, affected um, – and moved, affected, impacted. I've been by, you know, the last sort of 12 to 24 months with my mum, ageing, you know, and having to let go of my father, who's uh, mum's 85, dad's 90. And dad's had sort of a, 
a burgeoning dementia for about eight years that's kind of got most of his faculties now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mum's had to go through the stage of letting him go and, and knowing that he's going to be in a home permanently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a couple of hospital visits for her and him and things going on, um, but then all of a sudden the realisation that, you know, I'm feeling a bit strange one day and I'm thinking of my mum going, oh, I feel a bit flat and bring mum and she's like, yeah, I just realised that I'll never sleep next to your father again, mm, you know, yeah. after 60 plus years. And so it's interesting how that impacts me, certainly how it's impacted me and how it impacts all of us, but I, I can't explain it quite except it's like a cellular thing. It's like inside your DNA that as your parents are ageing and getting closer and pathing and all that, and as you know, you kind of feel like a part of you is dying on the inside as well or a part of you is shifting to something else or adjusting to it or whatever. So there's the grief, but there's also the reassimilation into what's life like without that person there that I can have a conversation with or mm. that checks in on how I'm going. Yeah. Some people, they never had great relationships with a mother or father or none at all, you know, or didn't know them. So um, they've dealt with that a long time ago or maybe never grieved it. And I know for a lot of other people, they've had mum and dad around for a long time. So for me, it's been interesting time and I would say um, kind of opened me up even more, made me feel more and made me feel how precious life is and um, how we just can't waste it, you know. And it's, it's kind of like your heart aches, but your heart opens at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've, I've sort of experienced the same roller coasters over the last maybe five or six years with, with my dad. And um, um, I often often think back like, you know, how do you want to end your life? Do you want it to be in a nursing home dependent or do you want to be thriving and independent? And I, I hope that we've got the choice, you know. I, I really believe we can do as much as we possibly can to, to stay, you know, connected physically and mentally all the way through possibly i do know some great people that have got there i know pardon me lots that haven't um and the curiosity around this dementia thing and the alzheimer's thing and that obviously that's progressed you know rapidly over the last few decades what do you think it is that um that we can do to be able to you know live in our 80s and 90s on our own terms rather than sort of end up you know in care yeah another great question uh certainly from what i'm learning i think obviously uh we go down many paths or we try many things until you sort of find the thing that really works for you and sometimes that's the case in relationships or businesses or workplaces or places that you want to live like you try many things out before you work out what's what fits you like a glove you know Mm. um and i think as far as not just longevity but um, healthy, active, vibrant longevity. Um, I certainly know it's the chemical, emotional, structural triangle that they use in chiropractic. Um, not saying the chiropractic is the answer, but just this, there's this view that they have around the effect that those three things have on you. So what are you putting in your system chemically, emotionally, and, um, you know, I guess structurally, like what are you doing to your body? And then what can you take out of your system, you know, chem- chemically, emotionally, structurally? So detoxing um, heavy metals, detoxing some of the unrequired or unnecessary medicines that we've had um, and the, the leftover elements that are, that are left inside from that. Um, mm. Detoxing from 
the thoughts and the worries and the fears of um, maybe a traumatic situation we have with our business or our partner or our house or our kids' health, you know, um, or ourself. Um, how do we fit into the world, all that sort of stuff. So detoxing those thoughts, identifying them, releasing them and feeling them. And then, of course, structurally getting aligned not just fixing the symptoms all the time, but what's the cause of something. So rather than I've got this shoulder that's hurting me, I'll get shoulder surgery. Well, why did your shoulder deteriorate in the first place? Mm. And, you know, every now and then it's, well, it was an injury. It was an accident. And quite often it was like, okay, well, what was going on at the time of the injury accident? You know, so there's always something we can learn, something we can take out and something we can put in, something we can move away from and something we can move towards. Mm. And I know that some of the things I've discovered that lead to this mental health crisis um, certainly is that we're on this fix-it-all-now syndrome, you know, where we take a medicine for everything and over, every one of those has a side effect, um, albeit somewhere from subtle to extreme. Mm. Um, but also things like grains, you know, our fast foods. These, it, it, I can, I'm gluten intolerant, so I'll eat grains and wheat in Australia and it will impact me within an hour mm. and I'm not fully um, celiac but I, I get quite an impact yet I was in Italy and I was eating a bit of bread and wasn't impacting me depending on how much I had mm. um, and so then I find out that we have different wheat we have a different strain of wheat here and that there's more genetically modified wheats in some countries and some countries have said no to those seeds and Italy's one of those. Mm. You know, so I just think it's not about specifically the one thing that we take out or the one thing we do more of, but staying, keeping our awareness open to, to live our life a bit like a scientist who's constantly experimenting and discovering and working out. I felt a bit fatigued this morning. What was that? Was it a bad night's sleep? Did I was on my phone too late last night? Did I not deal with yesterday's emotional stuff? Did I have too much coffee late in the afternoon or a can of Coke or um, <clears throat> was it sugar? Was it too much meat just before I went to bed? Like these aren't good or bad or right or wrong things. They're just actually a chance to experiment on ourselves and go, oh, I had less of that and I felt better. <clears throat> so I think, you know, by the time we're 80, we've had, if we've got a, got a little bit of awareness of what we're putting in and what we're taking out, mm. we should be pretty bloody smart by then, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's a long time to practice something, you know. So... I don't think the real issue is that, oh, it's going to be hard by the time we're 80 because we've got years and years to work it out. But if you don't start working that now, some of the things be can, be can become, um, if not completely irreversible, close to irreversible. You know, um, they just feel like they're really hard to get back over. And that can be, you know, where you overuse certain um, joints in your body because you're a bricklayer, for example, or you're in your back and you end up, you know, your discs are rubbing bone on bone. Well, that's pretty difficult to repair. People will get better at it. The stem cells is also this other stuff that they're bringing to the world now. But certainly, um, we've got to start now. And I, I think I've mentioned to you before that I've only got one physical goal that overrides everyone, and that is to, at 80 years of age, it's funny that you chose that number, 80, <laughs> at 80 years of age, I want to be able to um, walk up any mountain uh, walk up any hill or run up any hill, ski down any mountain and ride any wave in the world with my grandchildren. Mm, yeah. um, 
And so what that does for me is actually gives me a specific goal as to what I'm able to do. So I need to be able to get up and be dexterous enough to move my hips around to get up on a surfboard. I need to be able to ski and have all those elements together. I need to be able to walk and have that fitness and that strength. And I also want to do it with my grandkids. So that's the reason it's a bigger picture than just myself, you know. Mm. I want to be doing great ski runs when I'm 80. It's like I actually want to be doing great ski runs with my grandparents, my grandkids. Yes. You know, yes. So that I can teach them and maybe even my great-grandkids. So. It's so much more so, powerful yeah. than being individual, isn't it? Because you're actually like looking at who else is going to be impacted by that rather than just yourself. And, and in that, it takes care of my whole family. My mm-hmm. wife and I, all my kids, right down to my grandkids. Everyone's looked after in the idea that I want to be able to do those three things with my grandkids when I'm 80. And I know that if I can do those three things, I'm going to be a good father and grandfather and great-grandfather for... Um, for that next generation and that means a lot to me and I think means a lot to most people. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, that's doing it on your own terms and that and that mindset will go to 82 and 85 and hopefully 90 and beyond that. But um, certainly, yeah, you know, I, I've seen this um, over the last few generations. Um, you know, you talk about wheat, my family are wheat farmers. I saw how wheat was okay for you back in the day, but now it's not. Well, why? Mm. And, you know, pe- people need to be curious why they're feeling a certain way. I- I'll give you an example of that, right? I was drinking a, uh, a hot chocolate this morning, which is something which I, I never used to do, but I do occasionally. And uh, mm. I noticed... Um, um, it was with uh, it was with oat milk. Now the oat milk had vegetable oil in it. Now I noticed um, some some change in, around my prefrontal cortex after drinking that or while drinking that. You know, so that's having a direct effect on what's going on. You know, cognitively within myself. So if I yep. if I continually do that, then there may be some you know form of imbalance in um, in in part of my brain chemistry, which will p- potentially deteriorate, which will lead to. Um, you know, decline and disease and that type of thing. But um, most people, when they experience, um, you know, an imbalance, they'll try and hit it quickly with uh, an intervention without actually being curious and getting rid of what may be causing the imbalance in the first place. And it's not our fault. We've been taught to uh, to outsource everything, haven't we, you know? And, um, uh, you know, that, that that's just an example. But if I hadn't have, like, you know, been curious way back and done some work on myself to... Um, to get to the point where you can, you know, sort of understand why things are happening and sort of take control, and then all of a sudden you're you're on a dependent cycle rather than being independent, and yeah, that's what I think our job is moving mm-hmm. forward to be able to help others to be independent, but also help ourselves to be independent as well. For sure, and I think the um, that level of awareness that you have that oh prefrontal cortex, you know, for a lot of people like where's that, you know. But, <laughs> It's like, oh, I can feel it right there, activated, mm. um, or a fog or, a, you know, some sort of disruption. To have that level of awareness, um, that's a, that's actually very natural to us, mm. but it's not normal to us because from a young age, you know, a lot of us didn't like being boshed around by our uh, older brothers and sisters or people at school or people in the workplace or even our mum or dad or whatever it is, and and we've ended up like in the dog, eat dog world, you know, and... Um, and then so what happens is when you don't feel great emotionally as a, a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old trying to fit into the world, 15, 16, does that girl like me, does that guy like me, all this sort of stuff, is when you don't feel great, you look for things that make you feel better. Mm. <clears throat> you get a bit older, you're 14, maybe you get a, a paper round, which is what I had, or you get a job in a cafe at 15 or 16 or something, you get a bit of your own money, and then 
it's like, what do we buy? We buy the things that we weren't allowed to have before that we want now to make me feel better. And it's like sugar. Later on, it might be alcohol or breads or pastries or all these sort of different things. And those things temporarily make us feel better. But the cycle begins where we're losing an awareness of what impact that actually has on us. So all of a sudden, we're 30, 40, 50, and someone can have a, a vegetable oil, you know, chocolate milk, and go... Not either not even notice it or go, oh, I feel a bit funny. Um, must be that fish I had for dinner last night. Or like we always assign it to some other cause rather than the more obvious subtle cause that's happening around it. And so for people listening that don't understand the vegetable oil, has a lot of canola oil. It's quite often the source of the vegetable oil. And canola, of course, is like a, well, there's a whole can of worms there, right? So, you know, around yeah. what that actually does and what it doesn't do for you and where it comes from and where, how it's discovered and how it's utilised and how it's a cheap oil that, you know, um, ultimately our system that loves good fats and oils doesn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. So it's great to be aware of vegetable oil, like it's good to be aware of sugar and alcohol and these things. And um, But the best thing to be aware of is awareness itself, is that that you're aware that something occurred and you're like, oh, you questioned it. Once again, back to that original thing, it's like that's the best thing we can do for for ourselves. But if we've actually long since slipped away from good health and good awareness as a youngster and we've grown up and we're all like thick and covered in all of the crap we've been eating for a long time, it's really hard to tell the difference. So for me, I came back from this trip and I had some gluten yesterday and – and not much, but a little bit, and I felt really whacked. And this morning when I woke up, I was like, oh, I was a little, little bit more grumpy and a little bit more, I couldn't quite fathom what to do about this situation, that situation. Mm. And then I found myself thinking, oh, I've got 10 things I need to solve at once. And then I just had enough awareness to go, no, first thing you need to do is just fast for most of the day until you clean that crap out of your system, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um a bit of milk chocolate slipped in there as well. You know, someone forced me to eat it, that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it's like, okay, hang on, I'll let that slip a little bit, straighten that out first, and then come back to your list of things to do from a place of feeling a bit better about yourself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, agree. Back in the day, Trev, if you felt ordinary, you would have just went and smashed out a few Ks or worked harder to, to get it out of the system. But now you've got the awareness where you can just give your body a chance to deal deal with itself and and, and have a rest and um, and that's something that we we don't understand because most people just think we're going to feel better if we have something or get something or watch something. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you said it earlier before. We've been conditioned, trained to, to outsource um, all of our solutions, you know. And our biggest, the best solutions you ever find are inside of you. You you might change your environment a little bit, it's like remove yourself from a tense environment so you can, you know, sit in the park and work your way through your thoughts until you get to your answers. So you might have to sometimes shift to a place or ask someone for help or change the circumstances slightly, but the, the, the powerful stuff is still inside of yourself, you know, your own intuition about what to do about something. But we're trained to take a headache tablet for this, an anti-inflammatory for that, antibiotics for this, you know, um, work our way through all these different things, you know. So um, at the end of the day, we're learning to actually come back to the place where what I need is inside of me um, and or at least my intuition will tell me what to go and find that's outside of me and, and, you know, to find that, whether it's a conversation or whether it's a food, whatever it is. Yep, exactly right. 
Um, and, you know, I, I sort of, it's the same above the shoulders too. We know we need to be able to be quiet and we need to be able to be still without any distraction. Now, most people need diversion or distraction to be able to sit still. You know, they've got to watch something or play with something or whatever. To give your mind a rest is another thing which is um, completely, I think, essential in modern society because we're so, so stimulated. Um, so you talked about the, giving the body a break and knowing when that's out of balance. Well, when, you, when your mind is at speed and you, you're continually thinking um, and neg the, the negative thoughts start popping in, the best <coughs> thing I think to do is to be able to get renatured and start to give your, you know, yourself a bit of a mental break as well. Would you agree that's mm -hmm. probably something we need to get better at moving forward? How good is that word, renatured? Um, mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're talking about my morning this morning, as you've been watching me this morning. Um, <laughs> yeah. After the decision that I wouldn't eat breakfast and I'd detox, I also went and saw Keith, my chiropractor, and got a little adjustment and the body straightened out. Then I came home and I had a feeling to go fishing at the low tide and just cast a, a lure around in the surf looking for flathead. I thought, my mind's a bit clogged, it'd be nice to go fishing. But then I went, oh, it's even too clogged to do that because I'll go and do that, it's relaxing. But I'll start thinking about where's the fish exactly. Da, da, da. So I actually got sort of lay, put a pillow on the couch and laid back and I just spent 20 minutes. I wasn't sure how long I was going to be there and ended up being just 20 minutes laying still, probably about 17, 18 minutes, just laying still and working through my thoughts and just feeling and giving my mind a rest and then just chilling, chilling, chilling. And all of a sudden I kind of just popped out. And then my intuition said, go fishing now, you know. And so I went down and met up with a mate and um, had a quick fish and played around in the water and just had a beautiful renaturing. Mm. So it's really interesting because sometimes you go out in nature and your mind can be so busy when you're out in nature, you have a specific task to do. You could be fishing or hunting or four-wheel driving or camping. You've got to set it all up or whatever it is. Mm. But it's also good sometimes just to stop right where you are, stop and do nothing where you are, you yep. know, and then and then use renaturing as a place to really tap into a flow rather than just as a rescue source. Mm, we've talked about this pretty deeply before, but when when you are in that rhythm and when you are in a complete flow state, and, and mind you, it can take days for that to happen, but if you're doing something regularly and consistently and getting grounded, then you're able to slip back into it more quickly. But you've talked about with me about being out on a ski for hours and just being in this complete state of presence um how often does that happen for you on a daily basis or does it happen like you know often at all yeah it's um it's something i'm working on and and obviously teaching and facilitating for others to do so um there's very few days go by where i don't these days um feel like it. there's moments or long moments or long periods of time where i'm just really really present just really in the kind of oneness of the world um and it sounds weird to say that, but like anything, you know, if, you, if you're going to do bicep curls over and over, you'll eventually get strong biceps. Um, and you probably want to do some tricep curls to make sure that they're balanced. But uh, <laughs> tricep, not curls, but tricep extensions. But um, um, similarly, the more I've worked on being still and present, the more I've investigated any thoughts or feelings or motivations that sit inside of me that create a feeling of disease, the more that I see them and they just disappear. And then I kind of, they pop back into that, they call it the unified field, right? Or the, also the Christ consciousness or the unity consciousness or the field of pure potentiality. Yep. Um, there's this place that you just arrive in, which you know, you're well aware of it. Mm. 
is that um, everything's just still and everything's present and everything just is and everything's okay the way it is and everything feels like it's connected. And um, once upon a time, you had to go meditate in a cave in the Himalayan mountains, you know, wrapped in robes and with your head shaved to achieve that level. It's actually not even the case at all now. It's actually becoming that the whole planet is going through a bit of a shift in consciousness. Mm. And our, our beingness, our, our true deeper level of beingness, or you could say your higher self, is lives in that state. That's the state that the spirit lives in. But the mind and the personality um, and our way of being in this world is rattling and changing and running and chasing and, you know, fighting and kicking and protecting and defending and hoping and then, you know, trying again and all that sort of stuff, which is probably more where resilience sits. Resilience sits down in that place of the personality. Um, and so it's kind of funny that... Um, if we just keep working on slowly but surely going, hang on a second, my natural state is one of stillness, yeah. of presence, um, then it becomes really easy to work out that, hang on, what I'm in right at the moment is not that. So it must be some sort of distortion or some sort of belief that I've got to try harder or work harder or, or someone's going to get in front of me or I'll lose that opportunity. And whenever we've got that feeling, that feeling can't occur without a thought. Uh, without a peace of mind that's telling us that this might be the case. So basically got a, a, a wrong conclusion has been drawn, which creates a dis-ease inside of ourselves and a fear or a worry that we're going to lose something or be lack of in, in lack of something. And then we end up in this place where we're now reactive and we're trying to control to get what we want. And we, uh, I don't want to, you know, it could be my own child's health. So it's a good thing that we're trying to get back. But, um, we go into a manic state and into control state, and it doesn't actually help anybody. We don't we don't perform at a high level in a manic state or in a out of control state or in a reactive state. You know, mm-hmm. the very word reactive is the word creative, but with the C lost in the middle of it. So if you're not seeing anymore what you're reacting to, and you become reactive, or reactive reaction and creation, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same thing. So it's really interesting is that we ultimately just bring ourselves back to to go, oh, this, my natural state is to be happy, alive, present, centred, and it shouldn't be this miraculous thing that we achieve to, to have a moment of centred, you know, centredness or present. It should be like, oh, that's my natural state, so what's this thing that I'm in now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And eventually it flips that, it's, you know, you're present, and not, maybe not more often than, you, than you're not, because, you, you know, your mind gets pretty busy. I know mine does, but, um, but it's way easier to get back there because you... You know, once you know your way to, I don't know, you maybe find a waterfall down in the mountains somewhere and it's pretty hard to find the first time. But if you go there enough times, you can get back there pretty easily. Mm. It's not unlike that for presence. It's, you know, you know what it feels like. So you know which track is the wrong track to go down, you know. Um, you're not going to get there by by working hard or by manicness. So you're going to get there by just being still, slowing down, breathing, relaxing, letting go of your thoughts and, and sort of opening yourself back up to the moment. This will sound pretty weird to some of the people listening, but I think you'll understand. Um, my, my dad died um, a, a while back, and anyway, the, the day after I heard, I, I went for a, a walk at night, and I was in like a, a state of presence. It was just on dusk, and there were some stars coming out. And I said goodbye to him, and I was in that sort of unified field space where it was just connection. And as I said, this will sound weird to people, but I saw a star shoot upwards when this happened. 
and it was just like him saying goodbye and him going home, uh, if that makes sense. And and, wow. and that will sound weird to people, but you know when you when you reach that point, which I've been in myself, you know, on numerous occasions throughout my life in this unified field type space, um, you you know that there's so much more than, than than the mind, and so so much more than what we perceive to be reality, you know. Um, and you know I don't force that; it just happens every now and then. Um, but it's just a, a sign of the unique potential we've got within us as humans when we get out of the road. Totally. And, and um, I think a lot of people would say to you, as like I am now to you, thanks for telling me that story. You know, thanks for talking about it. Thanks for saying that because there's this part of us, this enchanted small child inside of us that's to a greater or lesser degree blocked off in most of us. Um, and that part of us just wants to hear those stories again, just wants to know and and dream of that enchanted connection that there's something greater than life and death, you know, that's something bigger than that, that the, 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 the opposite to death is birth, not life, mm. you know, um, that life itself goes on and it's beautiful and powerful. So I think so many people would just be listening going, oh, thanks for sharing that because it just gives me permission to to allow the possibility that that thing I saw recently or that thing I felt is real too because we, we're just so quickly dismissing it. Mm. And then there's a small portion of people that go, oh, it's really hard to hear that. But that's not because that deep part of them doesn't want to hear it. It's because we're trained to be so sceptical of everything. We're trained to be, well, that, that fixed me, how will that help me? You know, your father was a shooting star. What does that even mean? You know, that it's mm. the mind. It's mm. actually the, it's not the person that can't hear that. It's the mind inside of us that tells us that's not real. Mm. Mm. So we don't even have to believe in the existential or believe in the metaphysical. We just have to start investigating, you know, what's the quality of this thought that I'm having that's dismissing it? If I close my eyes and feel the thought that's dismissing magic or dismissing connection or dismissing love, if I feel the thought, what does it feel like inside of me? And no one ever says it feels great. It feels really great to dismiss magic. You know, it's usually like, oh, yeah, it feels like a little wearing thing inside of me. Like it's aggravating me. And maybe it aggravates me to believe in magic, but it aggravates me even more to, to not believe in it, you know. And mm. so I find it fascinating. I love that thing. I think we might have spoken about it before, but the, the iceberg, you know, the, the tip of the iceberg. Um, and the ice, of course, is frozen water, and the tip of the iceberg sort of sits up above the ocean, and we see it, and we acknowledge it, we navigate to miss it. You know, it's one of the things in life, just like the tip of the iceberg is in, in personalities or in human beings, is the personality, you know, what you see on the surface. But the tip of the iceberg is a tiny portion of the actual iceberg itself. Mm. And because of the density of the iceberg, only a certain portion can be pushed above and propelled above the surface. So there has to be way more below it for that projection to occur above the surface. And it's the same with a human being in my experience. Don't believe anything I say, just, you know, check it out for yourself. But, um, but my experience, there's so much more below the surface in human beings that makes what's on the surface apparent. Um, but, you know, we're all far more alike than we are different. We all love our families, you know, even though for some of us we've had terrible times with families. We maybe love our friends. We've never given up. We're passionate. You know, we're maybe not passionate at the moment, but we've never given up. Um, we've turned over every stone. Uh, we like a good laugh. 
Um, we want to see people happy. We want to be happy. You just include those things, you realise that's pretty much 99% of planet Earth. Mm. So most of us are far more alike than we are different. The differences are all cosmetic, you know, and um, up on the surface, they're all above the surface of the water. So that alikeness is, is the thing that when we focus on it, we start tapping into this oneness that we spoke about because if we're more alike than we are different, then actually we're sharing some sort of other life force than what the eyes see. And so we start to recognise that we're sharing a life force of feeling or essence or true deeper motivation. Where does that come from? Why do we, when we're born, why do our eyes roll around and look out around the back because we can hear our mother or father's voice? How do we learn how to do that? How do we turn, learn to turn our head and roll ourselves over and hop up on our knees and then get up and walk across? And why? Do, how do we know how to find our loved ones? How do we know how to get ourselves, we teach ourselves to walk, we teach ourselves to speak, you know. Um, yeah, sure, other people teach us how to spell and other people teach us how to write, mm. but we teach ourselves how to speak. We copy, you know, and we're listening and we've got this adventurous streak inside of us and we've all got the same thing. And if we go back to that iceberg analogy, the iceberg is frozen water, a bit sticking above the surface, a bit below, um, the massive parts below the surface, but what's it actually floating in? Water, you know, and when it melts, where does it return to? The water. And so it's really like the ocean is representative of our source, the source of all life. Um, the base of the iceberg is the soul or the deeper spirit aspect of ourselves. And the, the tip that shows itself above the waves and above the surface, that's our personality. Mm. But we're running around treating each other like the tip of the iceberg rather than going, there's so much more to what you just said or the decision you just made or why you're avoiding this or why you're going towards it or why you're passionate about that or hateful about that. There's so much more below the surface. And, and um, so that includes the existential and that includes not just going from the tip to the base of the iceberg but also from the base of the iceberg back to the ocean itself. You know, um, back to this source of water that it returns to when it all melts anyway. Gets out of the road. She's so much come to me then. Um, I'm, I'm just going to get off track a little bit, but look at the system that we're in, right? And look at the, just say the, 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 the judicial or the correctional system, how, how they react to that tip of the iceberg when someone does something wrong and they don't actually look at below what's, what's been there and have um, some empathy and, and that for that and work with that rather than working with what, you know, the, the obvious signs are. And, you know, I see that all the time. Like we're just, we're just, we're just in this reactive uh, mindset of um, uh, uh, of just surface level type stuff, which is um, not really getting to the core, and that reflects to modern society in many ways. Um, you know, with regards to the way we view our health, with with regards to we uh, the way we judge ourselves or we judge others, because we're not really turning inward and exploring below, because we've been taught to judge, not be curious. And uh, I think that's where we've got to start to turn things around more often, like question why, and actually like look a bit more deeply into that. You know, my, my family, um, farming community, that type of thing, we talked about wheat before, same thing. But see, I, I, I've seen wheat change over the years. I've seen that be modified. I've seen people in my family die because they've handled those chemicals. Uh, but there's been a blind eye turned to it, you know, in that community and in the um, in, in the agricultural system. But, um, you know, that, that just relates to most things in life. Just get on with it, push it behind, but actually don't have to be curious why, you know, something's actually happened. And... Uh, geez, there's so much to explore and there's so many rabbit holes to, to, to jump down. <laughs> but I, I yes. tell you, Trev, like, you know, 
I, this is what I was going to talk about, and this is this is more on point. Getting connected to the heart and what the heart's trying to teach you, right? One of my biggest, um, uh, I suppose, drives moving forward is to be able to help people be able to become more connected with their instinct and their intuition because that's really their truth. And if they can get connected to that more often, that's going to give them you know, purpose and, 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 and direction in this lifetime. And, and that, I believe, will be a cure and an antidote for these mental diseases <laughs> as we get older, um, you know, the dementias and so forth, possibly because we'll actually be more able to dial into uh, our instinct and our and our real purpose. And if we can actually be more in that space, you get to where you were this morning where you didn't realise that you had to eat, you could actually clean yourself out. And if I, I think this is this is something we've been distracted from uh, on purpose, possibly uh, as we sort of got into the educational system and we're sort of trained to sit and think rather than you know be able to get connected with our our intuition and our instinct and that sort of gets stripped away because we're we're drilled to be performers and it's funny i had peter gutwin on yesterday who's the um he was a tasmanian premier but i had that sort of conversation with him it was like a real light bulb for him that he'd been a thinker all his life and he hadn't really been able to dial in and turn inward and um they're the sorts of skills we're going to be able to help people, you know, get get uh, to able to work towards. I reckon moving forward, anyway. Yeah, um, you said a powerful word, instinct or and intuition. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting when we talk about this stuff. Spinners are talk about a bigger picture rather than rather than coming from judgment and assessment. You know, rather than our mind being focused on what's good or bad or right or wrong about the situation, who's rich and poor. Who's fat and skinny? Who's dumb and smart? <laughs> who's, you know, succeeding and failing? Rather than measuring ourselves on good enough, all these good enough or not good enough measurements, which is acceptable or unacceptable, which is all kind of like um, the mind has been trained to to value based on whether you're winning or succeeding or failing or losing, you know. Um, and so... You know, if you're the winner, for me, back in the Ironman racing days, if you're the winner, you get the prize, you get the prize money, you get the girl, you get the, you know, the attention, you get the sponsors, you get all this sort of stuff. Um, if you're the loser, you get the bad feelings, you get the feeling of not good enough, mm-hmm. you know, you're behind the pack and everything else. And so as we talk about it, you know, the bigger picture is that we're here having this experience and remembering who we really are. And in, in the remembering who we really are, we remember I'm not this little insecure person that needs something outside of myself to make me feel better. i am actually got this amazing big spark of energy inside of me that can create anything, can open up flows, can connab- collaborate and connect with other people. Um, I can enjoy life and see life. And so really when our awareness is open and when we're open into the bigger picture, that's another way of saying our heart's open as well because our mind is open and our heart is open in the sense of, oh, now I can see the truth that um, I'm actually quite powerful. All human beings are quite powerful. We're quite capable. Mm. We're not small and little and we don't need to beg for forgiveness and we don't need to atone for our sins. It's good to recognise what we've done and to actually straighten ourselves out and come clean about certain things and go, all right, correct the record. But to not live in this idea that um, we're worthless humans that need to do better all the time, you know. And when we come out of that whole mindset that we've grown up through, through religion and school and policing and everything else, 
and parenting and neighborhoods and communities were just never quite good enough. There's someone always bigger or better or, you know, more entertaining or more popular or more whatever attractive or whatever it is. So when we get out of that whole mindset, we start to come out of this into this place where I just am the way I am. And I have these beautiful feelings about life and intuitions and instincts that say, oh, I need to go down the shops right now. I need to go around the corner. I've got thousands of examples where that's just been exactly what I was supposed to do in that moment. Mm. I've got a question. How am I going to sort that business thing out? Intuition says, walk down the beach. Go for a swim. And I'll go for a swim. And as I'm walking out of the beach and have the shower, walk back to the bike and some guy walking and say, oh, are you Trevor? Hey, what are you doing these days? And I go, oh, this. And they go, oh. We, we, we do this, we could do that together, you know, and it's like exactly the question I just asked, you know. So it kind of sounds crazy, but it only sounds crazy to the personality and to the mind. It doesn't sound crazy to the spirit that's experienced it a few times ago. Mm. But everything's connected. And so when we're talking about coming from the heart frequency and following our intuition or our instinct, the word that I'd also associate with it is truth. So... Instinct, intuition, and heart all lead to truth, and truth leads to all of those things. Um, so there's an old um, Christian saying, and, I, and I'm not religious, but there's an old Christian saying, know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Mm. You know, in other words, the truth sets you free. So when you have a thought or a feeling um, or an idea as you were speaking about that, I was feeling very kind of happy, expanded, opened up. Like I was like, oh, it's so beautiful to speak as again. So we could be concentrating on the fact that it's a podcast, is it a good podcast, are people going to get something out of it, or I could just really enjoy being with you and hope, oh, let people sort that out for themselves if they get something out of it. Yeah. And as, I, as you're talking, I'm feeling like really more connected than I was earlier in the day and more open and and it's like, oh, that's because know the truth and the truth sets you free. What Aaron's talking about is the truth, you know, and as you open up to it, it just it's kind of like it just invites you to step out of the dungeon that you've been in, climb up a few flights of stairs and come out into, onto the lawn, you know, out into the sunlight. Um, but, you know, I just know that um, our intuition and our instinct is our connection to this source, even when we're disconnected and we've descended into some worry or fear or all those judgments of good, bad, right and wrong. Our intuition can lead us straight back out again. And that's great to get out. But what's amazing, as soon as you get back out, it's not like you get back out and then think, now I can get back to work. You get out and you go, oh, my God, this is all I really needed. I just want to live in this space where I feel connected, my heart's open, I feel everybody, I feel everything. I look at the tree and the tree feels and looks alive, you know, and um, I can see from where I'm sitting two blocks away right on the beachfront, I can see this beautiful big Norfolk pine. And it's amazing. And now, as we're talking about, I can see that aura of that white aura of energy around it it's like oh mm. you know it just feel i just feel connected again so it's so funny that we say we're going to go out and re-nature but sometimes we just have to talk and open up and lose an old limiting belief or an old limiting idea and talk about something that opens our mind don't even believe in what we're saying just allow the possibility you know just let go of our incessant need to hold on to the viewpoint that's made us feel the way we feel you know um, just let go of what we're thinking. We don't feel great. Whatever we're thinking can't be the truth because the truth sets you free. 
Mm. So, you know, let go of the thought that I have to work harder. But my, my, my children are sick or my parents are sick. It's like, well, holding on to that thought's not going to make any difference. Let go and bring yourself to a place, you know, feel it to heal it and then see it to free it and get yourself to a place where even if something can't be changed, at least you can be there with grace for them. And, and that's what I've experienced with my mum and dad going back to the start of the conversation mm. is that being present with them and just be with them. You know, and and experience life now from this new viewpoint, rather than hold on to the old viewpoint. Where that, that, that is that they should be here and they should be healthy, and we should be able to have big conversations about everything going on in our life. But well, my father can't anymore. Mm. You know, so how am I going to love him now? And that's a gift to me to have to learn how to do that. Mm, amazing said, amazingly said, mate. Jesus. Oh God, there's so much, buddy, coming to me then. But uh, I just think. You're right, like to not be attached to the narrative and to not be attached to what what we perceive as being reality. You could be frustrated with your dad and you could be angry with your dad. You could be, you know, disappointed, this, that and the other. And I felt those emotions too. But as soon as I start to let go and surrender and start to be accepting, then your vibration goes to a higher level. And we've been taught to, to live in these low vibrations, you know. When yeah. when we're up when we're up in the green zone I call it we experience things which you know we we don't commonly see like you might have seen that aura around that tree then but if you were operating yeah. in the red zone then you wouldn't because your mind wouldn't be looking at the tree but you wouldn't be looking at the tree if you know what I mean if you don't see the tree you can't see past your thoughts yeah yeah and this happens to me too like you know I I, I have me days too. where I'm deep like that and days that I'm not but as soon as I can sort of understand why and draw myself out of it. And do some practices which actually help me tap into my instinct and my intuition. And I know they're available to me. And these are tools that I've been taught that actually help me remember, you know, when, I, when I'm disconnected, how to get reconnected again. And it's amazing what happens when you, you do that, how you can shift, you know, how you can actually, like, you've got the power to shift, uh, you know, what's going on inside you. And we have all these things that cause imbalances in our lives. There's EMFs and there's food that we, you know, um, probably don't access it as, as good as what it could be and all those sorts of things. But if you know you can you can do things within your own power to change that, that changes the game uh, of the way we, we perceive ourselves and perceive life moving forward, you know. We don't have to go to retreats and we don't have to go to, you know, these, these magical things. It's nice to do that, but I think if we turn in, we can, you can see we've got all the, all the power within us to be able to, to do that as well. Yes, and you know what's occurring to me is you're saying it. The most, um, the, the the most prolific thing that has a negative impact on us. Um, oh, is it coffee? Is it sugar? Is it alcohol? Is it, is it, is it you know um, all these sort of things? It's actually an untrue thought, mm-hmm. an untrue thought, or a false conclusion, or a wrong conclusion that we've drawn from a situation, whether we've drawn it from. A situation at the traffic lights that, that guy's an asshole, that's completely unconscious and just cut me off. Um, and you're oh, angry, or oh, why people drive like that? Or well, you've just drawn firstly an assumption, but more often than not, a completely wrong c- conclusion because potentially that person's fighting a huge battle in their life, or they're completely unaware that there's their relationships drifting apart, or they've had a real struggle and they're just driving unaware, unconscious. So we say they're an asshole, but actually they're unconscious to what they just did. Yes. They're not even aware. Oh, i just got to get in that gap. i got to get to where I'm going. Yeah, and sometimes 
there's the other example where you just drive along and you go, they're still going at me, you know. But um, but just we, we draw wrong conclusions from having untrue thoughts. Oh, it's because of this. I was too vulnerable. I opened up or I tried too hard. I said too much. You know, our mind is always trying to protect us and look after us and solve the problem. So the mind's going to look for a linear answer. That relationship failed because I, I, I got hurt this much. I've hurt this much from that relationship failing because I let that person too close and it hurts too much. So in the next relationship, I just won't let them as close. And then that relationship fails. And then you sit down with the person that left you and or someone else sits down and they said, oh, he just never let me in or she never let me in, mm. you know, and I, I couldn't handle it anymore. I was never, never good enough. I never felt enough, you know. So we always have these wrong conclusions and from these wrong conclusions, we draw wrong actions or wrong decisions, you know, tainted decisions. Um, so you can talk about all the things that, that, that affect us, that we ingest or that we, whatever else it is. But, but the number one uh, challenge for us is this mind, this mind that is so powerful mm, mm. that it can help us solve massive problems and help us understand and perceive dimensions of reality and existence that are fascinating. Or the mind in its reactive state can be trying so hard to protect us and defend us that it creates stories out of things and loops and you know, cross back to this and that and this and that, and you've got patterns and patterned responses inside of you and someone with a red hat, hat walks past you that's the same as the colour that your coach used to wear, used to berate you or whatever, or someone that punched you in the face or whatever it is, and, and straight away we get in all this re-stimulation, our mind goes nuts, mm. you know. Um, so we're not actually seeing what's happening in this moment. Our mind is, um, everything is being filtered through our past reactive mind, and so we think we're in fight or flight when actually we're just in a situation that we can be still and learn how to handle. So mm. the biggest thing we have to become aware of is our thoughts. And our thoughts, it, even if their intent is to protect us, they usually separate us. Yes. You know, they, well, separation is how I protect you. You separate from danger, but you also separate from love. Yes. You separate from connection. And, and so the moment I start overthinking, um, that's when I usually have to retreat a little bit to clear my thoughts and then as soon as I clear my thoughts I want to connect again because yes. I natu- naturally want to connect you know but um, um, yeah but the truth sets you free it's the thoughts are the biggest challenge oh mate you know what you've just explained there sort of replaces me on a daily basis when I do find myself um, you know getting distracted when I'm in meditation and things aren't going as well as what they usually would I, I can understand that I can understand why and I can learn to just let go and the mind will try and control everything it'll actually try and you know suppress you and judge you and all those sorts of things but as soon as you can get out of that or first of all observe it and then work on uh, on, on sweeping it then all of a sudden you are more in control rather than out of control and this is where we've got messed up in society is people are, are thinking what the mind is telling them consistently is reality um, because uh, because of the way the life is now, but I just think the more we can start to teach people skills to be able to firstly get them grounded, but also to be able to be more conscious of how they're operating, then I think we're going to start to have better mental health outcomes. Because the way it's going is not is not uh, going to succeed. I, I don't believe, and I don't want to see too many people going through life and not being able to at least get anywhere near their potential because. Um, or get somewhere near their potential because that's available to all of us. We're just going to be given the the, the, the education and, and stick to that um, that that 
that, that education and practices which help you know, keep us grounded. And I think we've got a really unique opportunity and moment in time uh, now, between now and 2030. There's going to be some disruptions, don't worry. There'll be lots of things thrown at us and whether that mud sticks, I, 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 I hope it doesn't for many, but certainly the more you can keep yourself in check and in grounded and doing things which keep you balanced, then mapping your way through uh, will be a lot easier, you know. Um, so that's where it's, uh, it's really critical. Rather than the performance and the outcomes from those performances and those sorts of things, this is something which is more important, which is really getting you connected with that instinct and that intuition that we talked about because you know that's the truth underneath it all, isn't it? And uh, it's not really the make-believe. Yeah, um, and also this sort of perfect segue into something that I really wanted to share with you that I'd forgotten that I was going to share, and that is an interesting experience lately with with um, some clients and friends that um, multiple in a row that were all experiencing severe anxiety, mm. now, right through debilitating anxiety, like as, as debilitating as you can get, like ready to check out sort of level, you know. Mm. And I just had a, a run of these people in a row and um, it would appear like <clears throat> they're coming to me for me to help them. But one of the hidden things that happens in the world, the way the world works is people actually also come to you even to get your help to also help you, you know. Mm. And a series of people were showing me in a row, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not sure how what, how much I've helped this person today. I'm not sure how much of it is so debilitating and so big. I'm not sure. And then over a few, I got to see different parts of the whole equation until eventually through these half a dozen experiences, they showed me what I needed to see. And then I was in somewhat able to help all of them because I'm like, oh, I can see it now. And something I wanted to share with you because you've got a passion for this area. But if I explain it like this is that firstly, um, Eckhart Tolle talks about that every thought has a life force attached to it. So if we have a a thought of insecurity or, you know, disability, I'm not enough, I'm like limitation, that doesn't have a joyous life force attached to it. It tends to have a heavy, burdeny, worry, worrisome sort of life force attached to the thought that I'm not enough because this might all fall apart and I might lose my partner or my job or my kids or, you know, my mind or my happiness or whatever it is. So let's call them heavy and light thoughts. So we end up with these heavy thoughts that are attached to, so heavy life force that's attached to some heavy base thoughts. So ultimately, what's happening on planet Earth, and this is just a viewpoint, might help a few people to listening. A few people might go, oh my God, thanks for saying that. <laughs> Others might go, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> what, what's happening on planet Earth, from my understanding, what I can see and feel and experience, is the Earth is shifting from the feminine, from the masculine to the feminine. So the earth has been controlled by the masculine for a long time. So we went to the masculine to find our answers. The, the male leaders of the church, which was designed by the church, they wanted to get rid of the feminine, which is why the witches were burnt and everything else, um, and why women aren't allowed in the church. There's this idea, this doctrine that women can't have that level of influence. You know, Well, actually, women are more in tune than men in most cases, so they should have that level of influence. So, But government... You know, CEO positions, we know in the last 20 years that's been shifting to more women CEOs, more women prime ministers and premiers and presidents and things like that. And so we know on a physical societal level that we can see there's a slow shift from the male to the female, at least to a, a level of balance. But really what's happening if you go below that, there's a shift from the need to have all the answers 
the need to win, the need to be the number one country on the planet or the number one organisation in the region. Or there's a, there's a shift from the need to dominate, which is the male shadow, the need to be in power, the need to survive and thrive um, and be the alpha male with the alpha female and have the alpha children and have the alpha kingdom with the alpha inheritance and alpha, alpha level control over everybody else and they're basically all there to serve me and I've got all the answers. You know, that that's kingdoms and, um, uh, you know, Middle Eastern royal families and all around the world, you know, presidents and premiers and all this has come from this male-dominated way of thinking that the strongest gets to call the shots, you know. Anyway, what's happening is they've created, the male has created banks and governments and military industrial might and pharmaceutical industry and education and policing and media and, and all this information which is very black and white. It's good or it's bad. You know, you take that medicine and if you don't, you're bad. If you do, you're good because the world needs it because you're going to die if you don't, but you'll live if you do. It's all this judge, this um, duality that we're talking about. Mm. So what's happening is more people are beginning to look for the grey and they're beginning to look for the viewpoint in between the right and wrong and the good and bad. They're going, yeah, so but hang on, why did that person act that way, like we said about the iceberg before? Where did that dysfunction come from? So more people are looking and the grey or the nuanced conversation is starting to happen and we're starting to be sophisticated enough to see all the subtle differences and all the subtle similarities and be trusted enough to work our way through those and still make a decision. You know, that's what we're beginning to do with ourselves. The government might not, some governments might not, or some people in power or control that are running certain sects of the media or the pharmaceutical industry or the military industrial, they might say, no, we need war. I'm not sure we do need war. Why don't we all sit down together and talk? No, that's what we need, you know. We need this medicine. I'm not sure we do, you know. And so there's this shift going on which we call the the great awakening it's a shift in consciousness but it's shifting from the straight lines to the circular which is the male to the female to the that's what how we win to this is how we include and this is how we feel and this is how we experience everything it can have a shadow to it as well because it wokeism is a real example of the shadow now i need a safe space and you know and if you don't give me a safe space you're an asshole and i'm going to counsel you which basically means if you don't give me a safe space I'm going to destroy your life, you know. Mm. So it's like that doesn't add up. But but anyway, and so in wokeism, basically, uh, it's the most judgmental thing we've had in the last ten years. Mm. But it's it cites racism and sexism and all that as being terrible things. But it's gone into wokeism, and it's actually kind of highly judgmental, and you're a, a complete asshole if you're not subscribing to it, you know. So that's interesting itself. So even. The, the, the female shadow or the, or the connected shadow is trying to emerge. But in true connectedness, we just all sit down, we have a conversation, we listen to each other, we understand, we realise that no one in the room is as smart as everyone in the room and we realise the circular is much more smart than the straight line. In fact, the circle can hold much more strength than the straight line can. So we're shifting from the male to the female and what that means is all of us blokes and this might help some of the women listening or some of the women that have strong male tendencies as well, yang tendencies, that the part of us that just does and gets on with it and, you know, as you, look, you're talking about farming that just goes from the start to the finish of the day and just gets the job done and now there's less and less people able to cope with that level 
They're like, something's not right. I just can't do that anymore. And that's not because they're not as strong as they used to be. In some instances, we've got a bit softer, but, you know, but it's because the male and everything the male promised, all the government and the safety and everything, it's all the confidence in its eroding. The systems and the structures, the banking systems, the petrodollar is not far from crashing, you know, um, which will, which the US dollar will go through all sorts of conniptions, which the other male-based people in the world wanting to use a, do a great reset and get us all on one currency, which they'll control, mm. you know, which is back to the male again, um, because the male is all about control. The female is all about allowance. You know, the female gives female um, nurtures life and grows it and lets it grow into what it can be. The male directs it. This is what you're going to do and this is what you're going to be. Mm. Um, so as this is collapsing, all around the world, men are going through this thing that makes them feel weak or insecure or that they're not enough or they can't cope with what they used to be able to cope with. They're failing. They're letting down their families, their wife, their kids, their, you know, their parents, whatever it may be. And even strong women, women are getting more balanced and rounded and they're going, oh, I used to be able to, you know, go for longer or whatever it is. And so what's happening is what I got shown and clearly could see the other day is as we're going through this crumbling of the male, the unresolved and unfelt um, shadow aspects of the male are like, they're almost like, it's like having a, um, um, being in a crystal clear swimming pool but then pouring a pipe full of sewage into it. You know, a little bit you might not notice, but as the more goes into it, now you're swimming in shit, you know. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like that is that we're flushing out all of this old stuff, but we don't realise we're flushing out. Men are still thinking they've got to get stronger mm. and I've got to get past this anxiety they've got or this insecurity they've got. They're not realising they're supposed to feel it to heal it. Yes. They're not realising they're supposed to see it to free it. They're not realising they're supposed to understand it and break it to know they're going through a shift in who or what they're meant to be. Not because just because the world's shifting, but because their own higher self is saying, no, you were born into this lifetime at this time um, to actually be a part of the transition where we go from winning and proving and being strong to actually where we go, we, we end up balanced male and female inside of us. Mm. And we feel as though we can be with people and, you know, support and nurture our grandkids not just leave it to the grandmothers the grandfathers can do it you know or, and not just leave it to the mothers the fathers can do this and so ultimately what's happening is we've ended up with that that sewage pipe that shit that's been undealt with because we still think once i get through it i'll be able to be strong again um but what's actually happening is it's kind of like almost an unseen as every thought has a life force attached to it. So all these old thoughts that haven't been completely discarded, um, they, we can't function with them anymore, but we haven't let them go just yet. And they're swimming in this pool. It's like a pool of shit. And so when a man's going through it, just using a male, for example, this is what I realised, is that they're simply going through a death of the ego or death of the old self or the old identity. Or they might have certain hooks to still being liked or loved or they want to win or they want to succeed, so they just won't let go of it because they think if I let go, I'll be a nothing mm -hmm. or a nobody. But the truth is when you let go of it, you'll be a no thing mm -hmm. and a nobody. 
you'll be a really connected spirit. You'll feel your intuition. You'll actually be able to tap back into what's your next purpose and your next journey and what the person opposite you that's been arguing with you has been trying to say all that time. You'll be able to understand all of a sudden and you'll be able to say, oh, I get you now. And they'll go, oh, thank you. And, you know, life will open up to you when you can let go of this need to be something or someone. But if we don't let go of it, it gets exacerbated. It gets worse and worse and worse and bigger and stronger until in the end we start thinking things like, I can't do this anymore. I can't live with this feeling. I don't, I don't want to feel like this. We're actually going through a death, a death of the old male self on the planet and the old male inside of each of us individually. So I've all of a sudden realised with my clients is that, no, you have to feel this fully. I'm not going to help you get back to strong. I'm going to help you fall apart and die right in front of me. You know, because it's not real anyway. You're just dying. All of your old thoughts and beliefs and attachments and everything else are going to die off. And as they do, there's no dysfunction to hook to anymore. And this massive pool of collective male that's dying around the world, if you don't let go of it, you'll feel all of it. And that's why people feel so the bottom of the barrel is because they're feeling the collective pain of the old male ego dying. Mm. But ultimately, if we can let go of it, we start to feel oh, my goodness, Since we, we let go of the collective pain of the male ego dying, which is in men and women, by the way, and we start to tap into the collective spirit, you know, or the collective energy of the spirit that's opening back up that, where we share this oneness. Yeah. And so I had this to share with you and I'd forgotten about it and you just led me straight to it. <laughs> this is why I believe that people are feeling a level of dysfunction and hurt and pain and suffering that they can't even explain. It's because it's not yours. You're not feeling just your pain and just your anxiety. You're feeling the anxiety of the whole thing that's changing. Mm. And unfortunately, it's changing inside of us until we can let go of these attachments and these needs to be right and win, needs to be strong and secure, find the right person to sit and talk and cry and let go and scream and yell and just process in whatever way you can. Go fishing, go surfing, swim, go into ice baths, swim, talk, whatever you need to do but just feel it to heal it, you know, and then you'll see it to free it um, because you're not the pain, you're not the suffering, you're not the anxiety, it's not you, you're not the depression, you're not the bad thought. None of those are you, but if you hold on to a few attachments, those thoughts will grab you like as if they, you belong to them and those thoughts will start to govern you and start to say, you, you, and they come through your mind more clearly. Now, you won't be able to do that. If you go outside, don't go to the shops. You won't even be able to find a car park. What? You know, you're not going to, what? There's going to be people there trying to get in your way. You know, it's not that much fun anyway. There's too many people this time of day. And everything that the mind's doing is trying to separate us and stop us from moving forward with a belief that we will reconnect and we will find what we need to find. And this is what the mind, any thought that says that is not the truth. Back to know the truth and it shall set you free. If you reverse engineer that for those people out there going through this at the moment, just remember, if you have a thought that makes you feel bad, it's not the truth. So check out the opposite thought. Mm. You know, it might help you. Or if you have a bad feeling, check out the thought that's sitting behind it because it can't be the truth. Mm. The truth sets you free. You always feel better more outward, more expansive, more upward, more light, more free when you identify the truth. And for some people, when I'm saying this, they might have this feeling right now and go, oh, God, this feels more like the truth than what I've been thinking, which is I've got a huge problem with anxiety. No, you don't. You have a huge opportunity with anxiety to let the old self die off and work out who you are to go into the rest of your life feeling connected to things. Mm. 
beautifully said, oh, geez, I tell you what, same again, Trev, like all this stuff replayed and you just, you just hit the nail on the head there then because blocking that emotion uh, and suppressing it rather than, than, than feeling it and, and moving through it is what's going to free you up. Now, a lot of what kept replaying to me then was obviously a, a, a attachment is causing suffering. That's what, that's what yeah. I learned in Buddhism back in the day, yes. you know. Yeah. To, yeah. to be able to, like, remember that. But also, a lot of the things you've described have been dropping in for me throughout the course of this year. Yes. And, that, and I haven't been searching for that, you know. I'm not searching. I'm just turning inward. And, yeah. and the voice underneath the voice is, is, is exactly what you're saying there now. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's 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 sort of getting back to that natural instinct, yeah. intuition. Um, we're, yeah, we're awakening, and the old voice is dying, and it doesn't doesn't die easily. It's like a, a rat being cornered. You know, the old voice is like, no, no, no. It's like trying to pull on every old attachment or fear or limitation it can. But if it makes you go down, it's not the truth. It's just a distortion or illusion that you've picked up along the way. It's not even yours, even if you got it from your mum or dad which is often, you go, oh, actually, my mum used to have that thought all the time or used to say that. It's not even theirs. Even if you got it from them, it doesn't belong to them either. It just actually got into their head at some point in time. It doesn't belong to grandma or great-grandma or anybody down the lineage, but it might have been there for a long time. Mm. We've just got to feel it to heal it, and then we can see it free it. Quickly, before we run out of time here, um, uh I just reckon, like, one thing I'd like to, to finish this on is a couple of key things to get you feeling back to yourself again. So so for me personally, I was doing ice baths 10 years ago. It was all due to ego primarily, and I sort of I distanced, distanced myself. But to be able to, to have that feeling in the morning where you're basically surrendering and you're, you're, you're dying, essentially, because you're actually just letting go, I think if you can do something on a daily basis which gets you back to that state, then you know that everything is an absolute bonus and you start to live um, a little bit more in alignment rather than the mind dominating you. Would that be something that you'd suggest, like the ice and a couple of other things which people could connect to, which could you know potentially help them get back to that, that sort of sense of self-control again? Yeah, look, I, I'd say let's, let's just say the ice is one of the branches on the tree. Mm. Um, you know, so first let's start with the trunk. The trunk is if I'm not feeling good at any moment, if we could just almost tattoo it, if I'm not feeling good, something is going on inside of my mind or body that's not um, natural to who I really am, mm. you know, and so usually it's a thought. So we go, I'm not feeling good. Okay. Oh, there's something in me. Um, I've got a negative energy or an, a negative thought or you know, an old emotion that I haven't dealt with or there's a, a toxin in my body that I haven't let go of or it's like rather than the thought I'm not feeling good, there's something wrong with me, I'm not feeling good, there's something going on that if I open myself up, I can find it and let go of it. So that that's the first thing I'd say. That's the trunk of the tree, mm. you know, where we remember actually our roots go into the earth. So I'm connected to all the nurturing I need. So the trunk is the reminder that we've got roots into the earth. So then we come up to the branches to work out, well, what are we going to do? You know, what are all the different modalities that we can utilize? Ice bath is, or a cold shower, is brilliant because one of the biggest things, our biggest problems, Albert Einstein says, you cannot, said you cannot solve a problem on the same level of mind it was created. So one of our biggest levels of mind that's creating the problems is the need for comfort. 
So every time we have an ice bath, just put in very simple terms, we're actually getting uncomfortable. We're actually getting going away from warmth into really cold. So the mind is always trying to look to go to the place where it's more comfortable and more secure and more happy. Mm. You go to the ice bath and for a few moments I'm not happy. You know, oh, what is this? And so you're actually flipping your own nervous system on its head by even reversing the program and going, I'm consciously choosing to put my body into a state of um, uh, a natural state, by the way, where it's forced to actually kick a few of its innate mechanisms into gear to actually flush blood um, away from the extremities of my body into the vital organs to protect it. I'm going to go through vasorestriction, all the things that happen in an ice bath, which we won't go into. But but ultimately what you're doing is you're forcing your body to remember how powerful it is mm. and how capable it is of dealing with a fight or flight situation. But you've done that consciously. You stepped into it. So you're solving a problem on a different level of mind that was created because we end up in fight or flight from trying to be comfortable or trying to be away from danger. So if we can go into fight or flight from going towards danger and towards discomfort, yet right from the start you've changed your mind, you're solving a problem on a different level of mind than what it was created. Mm. So then it's the same thing. What do I do in conversations? When someone says, how are you? I say, I'm good. So the next branch of the tree is when someone says, how are you? Tell them the truth. <laughs> you know, if, it's, if you're on the bus and it's the bus driver and there's not enough time or it's that person at work that maybe just doesn't give a shit or whatever you know pick your moments but when someone that you have rapport with and you care about you have a connection when they say how are you tell them the truth because you've reversed the the um impulse to constantly keep yourself comfortable which is ultimately separate by the way um and you're actually reconnecting and then the person goes oh, i feel the same actually oh I'm not like that myself, you know, and then you create more set, more dip, more likeness than difference. Um, but it goes to all sorts of things. Okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'd really like that sugary drink. Okay, no, don't have it. Put it down. Turn and face the uncomfortable and go. What is this thing? Why do I have that? It's the same time every day. I have that. I don't seem to be able to survive without it. So just change the level of mind that the problem was created, flip it 180 degrees and go towards it. Don't You don't have to do it all day, every day, you know, where you're just in discomfort all the time. If you did, you'll probably free out pretty quickly. But, <laughs> um, but you don't have to. Just start to challenge a few things, you know. If someone said, oh, can you do the dishes? Yes, absolutely I can. Not only am I going to do them, I'm not going to quickly do them. I'm going to feel the water, the temperature on my hands, and I'm going to wipe the dish for a bit longer, and I'm going to treat it as a meditation. Turn, if you don't feel good, turn everything on its head. Mm. You know, break a pattern. Do the opposite to what you were doing that led to that pattern. Oh, I slept in. Well, get up. Oh, I get up every morning and go working out. Well, sleep in one morning. You know, um, whatever it is, flip it on its head and break the mind's need for patterns and and comfort and predictability and you might just shake your spirit out of a little hole that it's stuck in and it'll stick its head up and go i've got way more answers than that if you just <laughs> listen to so yes ice baths um yes breath work yes you know ocean swimming in the ocean or swimming at all like where you feel like you're laying back and the water salt water in particular is supporting you then go to fresh water that's running and being around running fresh water that's going over rocks and immerse your head under that you know um talking to friends family opening up calling the one person call the one person you've been avoiding you know 
call the person that you really love heaps but you haven't told them for a long time you know um just just do the opposite you know just do one opposite thing and see what happens mm, mm, mm. oh absolutely mate jesus um yeah 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 there's so much in that because yeah like we're, we're just by design being being steered in a different direction and there's no there's no perfection to life but i think if we can do things that knock you off off um off that comfort zone consistently then oh, i think someone mentioned to me recently but the wim hof sort of said if you die every day then every every day is a gift and a bonus and that's where you know he's sort of challenged himself on a daily basis to get himself out of the funk that he was in years ago because his wife passed away um yeah. and i think we we actually do that we actually like replay the funk consistently but if we do something which um just changes our our, our patterns and our processes then that can possibly um take us into a whole new direction and I think you and I both agree that we're all here for a purpose and we've all got a, a connection spiritually but we need to be able to stay you know more a bit more connected to that than what the mind is trying to get us to do um, and I think if we do that then we can move through life on our own terms and we can probably get into our 80s and 90s and hopefully not have the, the issues that your dad's going through and my dad through, went through as well you know yeah and I, I think um people listening it's just a viewpoint once again don't believe anything i say which is what my great <laughs> teacher said to me and i'm still still realizing things that he said um but um you know don't underestimate there is a force uh, an unseen negative influence a negative force that just emanates through psychology on the planet through sociology on the planet through culture on the planet through society through media through everything else that's just constantly trying to divide and conquer us to disconnect us and separate us yeah. um and it's the ultimate force it can the only way it can really happen is in your mind so if you can actually stop your stop hearing or following the thoughts that create separation in your mind you'll soon recognize that those thoughts are everywhere working on everybody at once yes you know so even when you do find your way back to connection and oneness and a moment of stillness or love or appreciation for something just know that we're on a journey on the planet at the moment and one of the things is we're not going to be comfortable for quite a while for most of us because we're here to help the planet go through this shift in consciousness mm. where we remember how we were all one and we forget this idea we transcend this idea that we're all separate we're all different we've got different skin colors different genders different political leniencies you know, different religions, um, you, whatever it is, different financial prowess. Um, so we're forgetting, we need to forget all those differences. We can still work with the uniqueness in each of us, but not from a place where we create separation that one is better and one is worse, that one is good and one is bad. And if we can live like that, that we start to bring more connection to the world just in the way we operate, then you'll find that the disconnection that's moving around the world has less chance to get into you all the time, you know. Uh, but if you're just trying to free yourself and make yourself healthier, that's too small a picture sometimes. You need to just, you know, it's really helpful to just think, how can I make a difference to other people in the world or just like, make a difference to the, to the shopkeeper in this moment or I, I talk a lot so now I'm going to listen more today or I listen a lot don't say much so i'm going to talk more today you know like <laughs> yeah. how can we make a difference but ultimately just 
help support the connection that's trying to come back in, that's trying to be remembered or remembered. The members are trying to come back together to remember who we are which is a collective force that's super, super powerful that shares this journey and we can solve any problem together if we get out of this illusion of separation that um, I think Albert Einstein said time and space is an illusion, albeit a very stubborn stubborn one. Um, I would also say separation is an illusion, you know, albeit a very stubborn one because you can see all the reasons why I am separate, that person's completely different to me, but underneath... They've still got fears and worries and they've still got loves and desires and passions and we're all a lot more alike than we are different. Mm, amazing, mate. Just need to finish up, but I, I, I keep coming back to the Indigenous and I keep coming back to the way they lived in intuition and instinct, you know, because that's all they had to do. They had to survive that way. Yeah. That's the way they, they flowed with life. That's what they had. Yep, they flowed. There wasn't, there wasn't banks, there wasn't agendas, there wasn't, you mm. know, political views. There was none of that. So always remember that that is, your, your, that is you, that is your natural state to be connected in that, in that realm because that's, mm-hmm. that's who we really are as human beings. We're, 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 we're beautiful, flowing, intuitive beings that, uh, that need to get back to that, that state and that, that re-natured state. We have amazing, amazing answers just sitting down inside of ourselves and we just need to create an environment where they can bubble to the surface, whether it's just on our own quiet time or in a discussion with someone else, or in a group, or whatever it is, or in social media, we just we need to just create the environment, the spaces where the answers can bubble to the surface because they're all there. People are absolutely incredible. Yep, hundred percent, mate. I uh, I'm so grateful for the chat, Trev. I want to know people if they want to get hold of you and maybe do a bit of work with you, or maybe um, connect with you with one of your programs or whatever it may be. What's the best way to do that these days? Thanks, Az. Yeah, people can reach out for work on Trevor at trevorhendy.com. It's an email address. Um, you can follow my journeys on Instagram and stuff like that, which is <laughs> I'm not on a lot or all the time, but there's little things that pop on there, which is Hendy Trev. Um, got a Trevor Hendy YouTube channel. My wife and I go on some really cool journeys, full driving, and, and uh, that's, that's cool. Um, but also, you know, we've got our breath and breakthrough retreat um, that people can ask about that we do in Victoria and um, Kane Johnson, Mark Cleaver and myself, which uh, you're very familiar with the boys as. Yeah. We do some really cool work together. We have men's retreats four times a year, got one coming up in March um, for our, our um, autumn one. Our autumn one is in March. And, um, yeah, and then for people interested in family stuff, the Life Changer Foundation, so lifechanger.org.au. Um, I don't work as much in the organisation now, but it's helping kids around the country. We'll probably reach 100,000 kids next year, mm. helping them with basic principles from year five to year 12, helping them with better mental health and resilience to, so the next generation is more equipped and ready to go. Mm, amazing, mate. And I did notice Scott Waters is growing his hair long too again, which is good. Yeah, Scotty's gotten a bit, bit of the West Australian mullet going again. <laughs> yeah, and I just went away with Scotty and his oldest son, Seb, who's a very talented young footballer, actually, not unlike Scotty. Mm. Um, and they've both got a bit of mullet happening. So that's uh, that's doing its circles and rounds again in the AFL scene. But uh, it was great to be, be away with Scotty. So, and also anyone else, um, trevorhendy.com. Um, is a website that I occasionally put things on, but you can reach in through that too. Awesome, mate. I need to have a look at that myself because I haven't uh, haven't checked it out, but I, I certainly will, Trev. And I'll tell you what, mate, like anyone listening to this, there's, there's so much 
wisdom in this conversation, listen to it a few times, send it to people that you think might, might find it helpful, even if you don't send it to them, because there's a lot that, a lot of takeaways from this. Grab a pen, write stuff down, pick it up, you know, and start to, to make those changes that can, uh, can help your growth and be successful for the rest of your life. And, um, you know, where we started the conversation about our dads, um, is not where we want to end. Um, you know, we want to be able to leave on our own terms. And I think if we can empower ourselves every day, then we've got more of a chance of doing that. Uh, I really do. So Trev, um, you know, grateful again, mate. And, um, you know, all the best with what's going on with your own circumstances. And I'm sure you know, everything will be okay. Likewise, as thanks so much, and thanks for having me for two fifty. Number two fifty. We That's the we'll big one. Away. That's it. We'll get Kane Johnson on for the two two sixtieth. That sounds good. <laughs>